Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin's presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Randy Scott filling in for the guys today. You can tweet to us at Amber W Sports. That's me, at Randy Scott, ESPN. That's him. You can also join the conversation on the CC call in line. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. We are asking you, which quarterback are you most looking forward to seeing tonight in preseason action? But that rejoin, Randy, was gold. It is always gold when we hear Chris Carlin's voice. So let's bring him in. Chris Carlin, co-host, of course, of this show, Canty and Carlin. You just heard a rejoin from Greeny because Carlin has been filling in the last couple of days, writing solo, filling in for the Mike Greenberg, of course. What's up, Carlin? You know, the, that whole thing about online ordering and now they're they're giving you less if you're online ordering, ordering as opposed to being in person, it, it's so counterintuitive for me because I'm so naturally lazy that now, <laughs> like, I have to put effort in to get what I want. And if you think about what that statement says, it really says a lot about me that I have to now think about that i also am incredibly lazy uh when it comes to people delivering things to me i think it's the best thing about 2020 people do a lot of complaining about the way things are these days and i say amazon i mean i wouldn't have wanted to live in any other era because amazon also uh, you know grubhub and and instacart (laughs) and all of i mean it is wonderful if i can just stay in my house and have food thrown at me 24 hours a day i am here for it (laughs) <laughs> I, I hadn't considered it, that notion, but now it. I am in for it as well. I, if they want to do that to me, that's great. <laughs> so let's go ahead and ask you some sports questions here, Carlin. Uh, tonight, uh, some preseason action. Randy and I were talking earlier in the show about the quarterbacks that we know are playing tonight in Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Jalen Hurts, and Trey Lance. Of those four names, who are you most looking forward to seeing tonight? Well, I would say probably Zach Wilson um, with a very close second, one and one A with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, with with Wilson, I'm I'm more curious about how he now looks in year two, and there was a lot of questions about him in year one, whether or not, uh, you know, I think there were real concerns from the Jets about maturity level things like that, and he went through the off season and seemed to get it and seemed to be doing all the right things. And so how will that change now? Um, and and frankly, just how comfortable does he look with the offense? I, I think he'll be fine, but I, I do want to see that. I, I guess, you know, really, I'm changing my answer. It's really more Trevor Lawrence because he was 
the lockdown guy that was number one and you couldn't go wrong. And he had such a, a rough year with the whole Urban Meyer thing. But, I mean, he does have to take some hits for not playing well, too. So exactly, is Trevor Lawrence going to be that guy? I mean, for the Jaguars, that's everything. That That is beyond everything. So uh, I, I'm, I'm changing my answer. I'm going Trevor Lawrence. All right, changing an answer, going to a number one overall draft pick. I think that's fine. I, especially, like, I want to see him with Travis Etienne. It sounds like he's the difference maker so far in Jaguars training camp. He's the one getting so much buzz. I, I want to see... I want to see those two together, certainly the, the Clemson connection. But let, let's talk about another another quarterback. And you've been on this train for a while. Jimmy Garoppolo to the Browns. There's a need there. There's cap space there. You're not sure how long you're going to be without Watson. And so that sort of is the framing of the question here, Carlin. It's like, how many games would Watson have to be suspended this season for you to make that move if you're the Browns? Ten. Um, even really eight, I would do it. Because okay. the Browns shouldn't. Eight games you can throw away a season. You know, the season obviously can be shot uh, at that point. Um, If I were the Browns, I would make that trade because I don't know for eight games that Garoppolo would immediately sign there definitively if it's only going to be eight games. I I would take that decision uh, out of his hands. And if the 49ers are saying, we want a higher pick, we want a higher pick, you know what? Go ahead. Do your do your bidding there because I think you're going to end up cutting them because they need the money to, you know, sign Nick Bosa to his deal. That that's too much money for them uh to hang on to on the cap. I I think it's been a great fit from day 1 um of the whole Watson acquisition and not knowing how long he was going to play this year. I think it's uh I think it's a really good situation uh if they can bring Garoppolo in because then Listen, there, there's no question that he's better than Jacoby Brissett. So I, I fully expect that that will happen uh, if the Watson thing happens. And, but, and by the way, I mean, here we are at 4 o'clock Eastern on Friday. I'm a little bit surprised it hasn't happened. I had heard whispers this morning that maybe it wouldn't happen today after all. Uh, it's, it's not great that you're going to see Watson on the field today. Let's be fair about that. I'm not sure. I'm not convinced. And Brandy and I will get into this further in the show. I'm not convinced that, frankly, you wouldn't have seen him anyways, because I'm still not convinced. I know most people are that Peter C. Harvey is just going to give the NFL what it wants. I, I'm not necessarily in that camp. But why, and why, of course, you wouldn't that, see him Amber? in the preseason unless he's suspended for the entire season. I just think, first of all, right now, I think that the reason we don't have a decision is because I think that they that there are settlement negotiations actively going on. And if you don't have to make a decision as an arbitrator or as a judge, you do not make a decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, that is that is the game that all judges and arbitrators play and that's the game Peter C. Harvey is playing as an acting arbitrator here. Uh, I At least I think that's just my opinion. I have no sources on that. I would just guess because we are hearing some of these rumblings and leaks about what parties might be willing to agree to and that's coming from a place and I would imagine it's probably coming from the fact that the two sides are in fact negotiating. We know they were negotiating before Sue L. Robinson issued her ruling and so Peter C. Harvey doesn't have to be the one who makes this decision then he'd probably rather not. So maybe he's giving them time and then also you know, he plays unless he's suspended for the entire season, right? He plays in the preseason unless right. he's, or, or indefinitely suspended. And I wouldn't be surprised if, although Peter C. Harvey is NFL friendly, I wouldn't be surprised if his decision is something short of what the NFL wants, but of course still increased, far increased from what Watson and the NFL 
PA one, kind of uh, maybe you're not splitting the difference straight up, but something closer to that. Anyways, Chris Carlin, co-host of the show, Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio joining us. Uh, But let's talk about a game that happened last night real quick because the Giants beat the Patriots. I mean, nobody really cares in preseason game one who wins, but we did see there could be a quarterback controversy in New York. There's a coordinator controversy apparently in New England. What was your takeaway from that game last night? That Daniel Jones is not going to be able to stay healthy this year. Um, And he was fine when he was out there, but he was also running for his life at times. And the giant offensive line is a work in progress. Uh, I think Evan Neal is going to be a star at tackle. Uh, But I do think it's going to take time for this to get better. And Jones has shown the proclivity entirely too often to get hurt, whether it has been... Uh, his neck, whether it has been, uh, you know, his ankle, his hamstring, it just it happens entirely too often with him. And I'm a big believer in in being uh, injury prone, and it appears that 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 is what he is. And frankly, going back to college as well, he had, an, uh, if memory serves, he had a couple of injuries that he dealt with in college. So I, I think that's ultimately going to be the difference between him being the quarterback long term for the Giants and not being the quarterback long term. Chris Carlin, you can normally hear his voice here on Canty and Carlin this week. You could hear it on Greeny and often. You can hear it on Greeny featuring Mike Greenberg filling in for that guy. Chris Carlin, thanks so much for stopping by your own show. Now I want Chipotle. Yes. Who yes. doesn't? I want Chipotle all the time. Yeah. Phenomenal I stuff. I had Tijuana Flats today. That's also phenomenal. Ooh. A lot of phenomenal uh, opportunities for food in the Mexican and Southwest department. They have all good right. food down you know there, what? Carlin. Good food in Florida, man. Uh, listen. You guys do your thing, I got, and now i got something to do. Attaboy. Attaboy. <laughs> Go enjoy yourself. Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Protect the stuff you love with renter's insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Coming up next, we're all concerned about the Patriots' offense. Bill Belichick says, don't worry about it. I'm surprised he said anything at all. That's shocking coming from Bill. That's next. This is ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Amber Wilson and Randy Scott filling in here for the guys on Canty and Carlin. Canty and Carlin is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So last night in preseason game one, the New York Giants beat the New England Patriots, and it was interesting from the perspective of both teams. But let's focus on the Patriots for a second, Randy, because much has been made about this issue with the Patriots 
And Bill Belichick not wanting to name coordinators. Well, we saw it in action last night. There is no OC. And we don't even know who is getting the play calling duty. Well, last night, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, they split the play calling duty for offense as the Patriots lost 23-21 to to the New York Giants. Here was the head coach of the New England Patriots after the game addressing this subject. Do you know if one will call plays when the regular season arrives? Yeah, well, don't worry about that. We'll, we'll work it out. So have you decided? We, we're going through a process, just like everything else on this team. Uh, don't worry about that. Yeah. Okay, because that's not what we do for, you know, our jobs out here is worry about these things, <laughs> Belichick. So you probably say, and that's probably going to make us stop talking about it. Uh, obviously, we're going to keep talking about it because they're trying to shoot. They're trying to shoot, uh, shore up huge holes here with Josh McDaniels. I was trying to say they're trying to fill his shoes and that wasn't coming out of my mouth eloquently, but that's what they're trying to do, right? They lost a long time coordinator uh, who was a well-respected coordinator and now they're kind of navigating new territory here with two guys that experience is mostly on the defensive side of the football uh wait their their main concern is on the defensive side is that what you're saying no i'm saying with two guys who have most of their careers and joe judge and matt patricia yeah most of their careers i mean matt patricia people are like oh he was used to be on the offensive side of the football like yeah when he was an assistant like 20 years ago you know (laughs) so obviously in in recent memory those two guys are coming from a defensive background now they're tasked with trying to call plays on offense it was pretty ugly last night it is a different way of doing things and it's brought to you by a team that 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 lives in that side of offensive, rather like just football brainiac wisdom. And I use that in quotes. I mean, this is a team that loves to tell you it is the most uh, accomplished, smartest person in the room. That's what Bill Belichick does in, in an efficient word choice. It's a different way of operating at this point of the preseason, at any point of the preseason. The joke in college football about having multiple quarterbacks is if you have more than one quarterback, it means you have none. The joke at the NFL level is having two different coaches call offensive plays like this this far into the preseason. We do have to look at the game last night in a different way than we normally watch football. And that's how you have to evaluate the preseason for three or four weeks, honestly. It is not a matter of score. It's not a matter of stats. It's you look at what Bill. So Bill Belichick said it last night. We got in and out of the huddle efficiently. We had time at the line to make audibles. We made some of those audibles successfully. He's not necessarily worried about whether the ball's turned over or not. It's not even Mac Jones out there. You know, you've got a draft pick in Bailey Zappi out there for the second few series. Brian Hoyer was, in the eyes of some members of Patriots media, kind of a surprise starter in this game. Like, you have to throw the, the optics and the visuals of it out and the stats out, and you have to look at, at this thing the way coaches do. Did we execute plays, literally get the plays off in time? And that's how it is a success in Bill Belichick's mind, whereas the rest of us are like, how do you have any two guys calling plays, let alone, Amber, as you say, two guys with largely defensive backgrounds? So if you're the Patriots and you're a Patriots fan, it's actually not sort of you know caping for the team in saying that it was a success and that the concerns are overblown, at least through one preseason game, because I actually believe Belichick and how he assesses it. He just looks at it and evaluates it in a largely different way than any of us do when we watch preseason ball. Matt Patricia was calling the plays for Brian Hoyer, and Joe Judge took over when they let Bailey Zappi uh, get some snaps out there. Patricia and Judge both coached from the sideline. When the defense was on the field, Patricia often huddled with the line. Judge was with the quarterbacks. Obviously, right now it's a juggling act, Randy. But 
absent last night, because I don't care. I don't really care how it looks with Hoyer and Zappi, frankly. What I care about is how it's eventually going to look with Mac Jones. And, I mean, after the game, Brian Hoyer said all the right things, and he downplayed the storyline of who was calling the plays. He said, I just ran whatever play I heard in my helmet, right? And that's what a guy of that experience is going to give you. They're all going to say that this is fine, including Mac Jones is all going to be out there saying all the right things and Belichick's not going to give us anything on this. But I actually think this is a legitimate concern for a team that always, like you said, they think they do always think they're the smartest people in the room. And maybe Bill is, but Mm -hmm. he was the smartest guy in the room when he had 12 under center and he doesn't have that guy anymore. And Mac Jones had a good rookie year, but his good rig year involved somewhat hiding his shortcomings. Josh McDaniel was able to do that. Now you switch on him and apparently you switch and go to some guy who is going to have more of a defensive background of late and significantly so than offensively. It's not going to be the same. I wouldn't imagine as, as you know, filling the void as you're switching coordinators is not going to be the same as when Josh McDaniels was calling the plays in your ear. It's not even going to sound the same to that quarterback. And Mac Jones coming off of a good rookie campaign is still a young quarterback. And we have seen sophomore slumps. The reason that term exists, you know, is because we've seen it, right, Randy? And yeah. And so I think there's a legitimate concern here that we could be entering territory where Belichick is trying to outsmart us all and he outsmarts himself. I, I think we're there. Honestly, I do. I, I think, you know, at this point, man, two seasons ago, we were like, can you believe that they got Cam Newton for pennies on the dollar? And look at Cam Newton now, right? I mean, it was, it's been stopgap until you draft Mac Jones. Mac Jones goes earlier in that draft than maybe a lot of people expected. Is that, you know, Bill Belichick outsmarting the room or is Mac Jones maybe not that guy? And will this year even be an, an appropriate evaluation of that if you have this sort of offensive, and I'm using air quotes around the word brain, but brain trust, uh, calling the plays for him. I, you know, I, you, <laughs> the, the draft record offensively for the Patriots has been laughable. Laughable at skill positions. Laughable. The fact that Damian Harris, their best, every, their, their best early down running back, is out there in the first preseason game of the season and out there late with backups to the backups. I, the Patriots have long done things in a different way, and you're right. 12 mas- masked a lot of that behavior and a lot of that ego, and the way things are being run now is so contrary to other teams in the NFL that the win-loss record doesn't match up to it anymore, and this these sorts of changes in behavior are being brought to the light and being very much, very much on the table for discussion and criticism moving forward. Mac Jones, he, I mean, he made a Pro, pro Bowl in his – rookie year but it wasn't a flawless season for Mac Jones and it didn't look as good at the end of the year as it did early on he tossed 22 touchdown passes 13 interceptions in his first year now he does have Devontae Parker this season a lot of people are making a big deal out of that I make less of a big deal out of that as a Dolphins fan who watch it but we'll see if Devontae Parker can stay healthy he's getting James White back so he is getting some help around him but I do think that this idea that Josh McDaniels isn't going to be missed at all in the Patriots aren't going to miss a beat with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge maybe filling that void. I think that, frankly, that's overstating it. Tune into an AL East rivalry tomorrow night as the Red Sox host the Yankees, presented by Progressive Insurance. Coverage begins at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Coming up next, we have four more preseason games tonight, including a new wide receiver core for the Packers. But Aaron Rodgers isn't playing. Is that a concern? We will answer that next. This is ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Yankees, Red Sox, this weekend on ESPN Radio. 
Radio, the ESPN app, or your smart speaker. Yankee Sox. Devers deposits one. Wow. Tomorrow at 6.30 Eastern and Sunday at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We've got real football tonight as the preseason rolls on. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Randy Scott filling in for the guys. Canty and Carlin's presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet to us at Amber W Sports, at Randy Scott ESPN. You can also give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-SAY-ESPN. So preseason action tonight. And I want to know, Randy, who your biggest, what your biggest concern is for several of these teams that we will see in action tonight. So we're going to run through these quickly. The Packers and 49ers, they will kick off tonight at 8.30 p.m. So let's start with Aaron Rodgers' Green Bay Packers. What's your biggest concern for that team this season? Oh, this season, I want to, I mean, it's the receiver group. It, it is absolutely the receiver group. I mean, you lose Devontae Adams, that's, that's, that's one thing. Randall Cobb gets another year older. You lose Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So the wide receiver group right now in, in Green Bay – is Alan Lazard. No joke. Alan Lazard is the number one. You've got the uh, the, the draft pick out of uh, North Dakota State and Christian Watson, who's an absolute burner. You've got Sammy Watkins, who's well-traveled, and a lot of times guys are, are well-traveled you know, for a reason, and, and Samori Toure. And that's the receiver group for a guy in Aaron Rodgers, who reluctantly returned to this team a season ago, wanted more help on the offensive side of the football and then Devontae Adams leaves, and now Aaron Rodgers has to mentor a young, unproven group. If anybody can do it and bring production out of them, it's Aaron Rodgers, but that is my concern with the Packers. Yeah, and Amari Rodgers and Romeo Dubes, like none of the names that I could add or counter your argument with are going to help my position if I try to disagree with you because the glaring answer here <laughs> is the wide receiver. The only way to play devil's advocate here would be to say, hey, look at the guy throwing them the football. And so now some of these names that you just mentioned, maybe it looks a lot different for maybe all of a sudden Alan Lazard's not mediocre anymore, right? Maybe he'll take that next step or, or maybe we'll get something out of Christian Watson that we didn't even necessarily see in college because now a future Hall of Fame quarterback is throwing him the football. It's hard, though, to be in on this wide receiver room. Cobb hasn't played a full season since 2014, Randy. Like, yeah. that's what they're relying on. Watkins had a career low in catches, yards, and touchdowns last year in Baltimore. 
it's got to look better with Aaron Rodgers, I guess, at the helm. I, I, I don't know. But listen, every year we're like, hey, they don't have the weapons around Rodgers. And then he goes out and he just wins every MVP award. So maybe we'll end up being <laughs> wrong. Let's talk about the San Francisco 49ers, the other side of this game at 830. What's your biggest concern for them? Quarterback. It is quarterback. It's Trey Lance. I understand the defense has gotten another year older. There have been a couple of losses on that side of the ball. But the defense is still a playoff caliber defense. You need your quarterback to not actively detract and lower the ceiling of your franchise. And Trey Lance is unproven. I'm not saying he's a he's a liability. Uh, I, I will defer to Kyle Shanahan, who, who sees something in Trey Lance in terms of what he can bring to the offense and it, you know raise the bar for this franchise and something that he feels like Jimmy Garoppolo can't do. But Trey Lance has two NFL starts in his career. He has 17 collegiate starts. That's it. If the season is a wild success and they make a playoff run, he could match those totals. Trey Lance could in one season. He is green. He is raw. He is unproven. But he is talented, and he has Debo Samuel locked in, and he has a ground game that's strong and an offensive genius. I would put Kyle Shanahan among the top three offensive minds in football, and he actually might be number one. But Trey, it all rests on a guy we know so little about. And quite frankly, in the two starts last season, we're talking about a guy who averages 100 passing yards per game. That 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 might have gotten it done in North Dakota State. It doesn't get it done in the NFL, no matter what your threat is with your legs. So we need to see more from Trey Lance. That's my biggest concern. I have no idea Trey Lance is a good quarterback. And because of that, that is the obvious concern. But I'll go a different direction just for the sake of this conversation. And I'll say Mike McDaniel, him leaving that franchise to go to the Miami Dolphins. Maybe there's some concern there. A lot of people attribute Kyle Shanahan's genius with his right hand man. What is that going to mean for a new quarterback coming in to overtake this system from Jimmy Garoppolo? Also, they did lose a Pro Bowl lineman, Pro Bowler lineman in Lake and Tomlinson. Uh, That's not great whenever you lose one of those either. So maybe another concern. But yes, it all comes down to Trey Lance. None of us, we saw for two starts it was one and one it didn't look great at times I have no idea how it's going to look across 17 let's talk about the Cleveland Browns they take on the Jacksonville Jaguars tonight that game tips off at 7 p.m. Eastern what is your biggest concern for this Cleveland team it's actually not the quarterback position we know what that is it's the wide receiver group I mean you lose Odell Beckham Jr. you lose Jarvis Landry uh, you know, these are some of them, some of the uh, losses, especially with OBJ. I mean, that happened during the season. But the wide receiver group is Donovan Peoples-Jones. I'm looking at the depth chart right now. Donovan Peoples-Jones is your starting wide receiver alongside David Bell and Amari Cooper. And you can hang that on, to, on Amari Cooper. You can say, hey, listen, he is an established number one. But if that's the case, he's an established number one that Dallas will all too willing to part ways with. And I say this as a fan of the Raiders who drafted him third overall. The Raiders were willing to get move on from him as well. It's not a durability issue necessarily. It is a productivity issue. It's a separation issue. The lack of, of absolute burner, pure speed, which you need in the NFL. So Amari Cooper is a one, but he's kind of a 1B on his own team where there is not another established one. David Njoku has been this otherworldly tight end prospect it seems like for years just raw he's talented needs the right quarterback maybe he'll have it in Deshaun Watson but Deshaun Watson needs a wide receiver group to throw to you've got Kareem Hunt actively holding out right now with the Cleveland Browns that puts it all on Nick Chubb Deshaun Watson was there to move the football down the field does he have the receiver group to do that that's my question 
We had the same one because I guess we both avoided the situation at quarterback because that's obvious with the Cleveland Browns. It all comes down to who's going to be under center, how long Jacoby Brissett is going to be starting games for them, whether Jimmy Garoppolo is going to make an appearance on that franchise, how long Deshaun Watson ends up suspended for after this appeal. But you're right with that wide receiver room. I mean, it's Amari Cooper and then it's a bunch of young receivers after that that are largely unproven. You mentioned speed. I mean, they have a guy named Anthony Schwartz in that room who's their speedster, but a second-year guy. I mean, all of the names in this room, frankly, are, are largely unproven. So, yeah, even with Deshaun Watson under center, everyone's so sure that this is a championship-level roster if they have the right quarterback. And that room has some more concerns than mm-hmm. people maybe give it credit for. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they probably have far more concerns than even the Cleveland Browns, but let's boil it down to one. What is your biggest concern for the Jags this season? I actually like some of what I saw defensively from them a, a year ago. I feel like they knew that the onus was on them to keep them in football games. Games. I think they've actually gotten more talented on the defensive end. It's a recurring thing. All these teams, I mean, my my question is at quarterback. This was, in Trevor Lawrence, the can't-miss prospect at that position. Probably, I don't know, the strongest can't-miss prospect since Andrew Luck. I mean, the measurables, the intangibles, all of it. This was a can't-miss guy. So what happens when the can't-miss prospect misses and misses badly and misses to a degree of which we haven't seen maybe since Andrew Luck's predecessor there in Indianapolis in in Peyton Manning and that's what fans will tell you like hey Peyton Manning had a bad rookie year let's give Trevor Lawrence a chance whatever it was Lawrence was his own problem he was slow in recognizing coverages he didn't make adjustments at the line did he have the best wide receiver group no did he have the best uh, weaponry behind him in the backfield I mean James Robinson was nice you'll get Travis Etienne back but you need to see a better grasp of NFL defenses and his own offense which has changed from year one to year two from Trevor Lawrence he's the biggest question mark for me I feel like you just got played off the stage at the Oscars. I know. Like they or, stopped the music. The that was a very obvious <laughs> move by our uh-huh. production staff in order to get us to shut up to go to break. That's Don't, exactly what that hey. was. I thought it was excellent analysis by you because it is true. Trevor Lawrence gets a pass for last season. And yet uh-huh. there were some glaring issues from Trevor Lawrence that were Trevor Lawrence's fault. He didn't have the O-line protection. The Jags were big money spenders in the offseason and they have drafted O-linemen as well. They have tried everything to shore up that protection for Trevor Lawrence. Shad Khan, uh, hasn't found a winning formula after a decade of owning that team. The turnovers, though, are probably the biggest concern for me. That turnover differential last season for the Jags was really, really ugly. They've got to improve on that. Canty and Garland is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Since they played you off, I guess I'll go ahead <laughs> and succumb to them, and I will go to break. Coming up next. Those are the four teams that believe they have their long-term answer at quarterback. But Chris Canty says there's one team that shouldn't believe in its starter. That's next. This is ESPN Radio. Ron James and his wife, Savannah, they got matching tattoos and put it out on their social media, Randy, this week. Now, the tattoos Mm -hmm. are sweet. They honor their kids, their kids, Bronny, Bryce, and Zuri. And so the tattoos are BBZ in some form. But they got the matching tattoos. And... It led me to thinking, would Randy Scott get, I hope I'm not asking some, I hope yeah. I'm not going down some weird path here, but no, do it. Did Randy, would Randy Scott consider getting, or has he already gotten that? I don't know about some matching tattoo. You and I are just getting to know each other. Let's get personal. <laughs> would you get a matching tattoo with a woman? Absolutely. Yeah, I would. Really? It, oh, for sure. Um, I have a tattoo, but it's not uh, a matching one at all. 
Do you want to tell um, us about it? Or? Yeah. So um, I have an owl, and then there's a branch that the owl is perched on that is made out of my kids' names. So I oh, get that. So you I, have the kids honoring yeah. tattooed. Well, and now I just feel no, no, no. So like my, a bad mom because I don't have any tattoos. Is, I'm like, oh, I'm no. the one who doesn't apparently love my son enough to no. get his name I'm, inked on my body. <laughs> no, my so the owl is my mom. So my mom passed in in 2016, and my family and I, my brothers and sisters and cousins and stuff, we think that my mom visits in the form of an owl. Uh, Longer story than, than we have time for. So I love that. So, I also <laughs> lost my mom some years ago, so I love that. I was incredibly yeah. close to her. I have thought about, I, her name was Vanda, and so everybody actually called oh, her cool. Vanda Panda. So I've thought about getting a panda before, but then yeah. I'm like, I don't know, people won't understand why I have this random panda on me. Well, and if you start getting visits in real life from an actual panda, that would be a very that would different... Be, that would be a weird way for my mom to, I mean, kind of a cool way, it'd but be, shocking in be, Florida. <laughs> it'd be very, you know, in your face. It would be very, like... Undeniable. Um, so yeah, so I would I would absolutely do that. And I feel like the kids way is a safe way of doing it. You know what I mean? Like you were come, like like you and you're you are you know around divorce plenty. I'm divorced myself. Like I feel like that's also a safe way of guaranteeing it's not a tattoo you'll have to get adjusted or uh, or even worse, like I I hear the process of getting them erased or getting them like removed is awful. And so if you get something with your with your spouse that is your kid's name or kids focused, it's something that's safe to have on your body the, the rest of your life. You don't have to get I it would, changed. Yes, I would never get a matching tattoo, I don't think, with my husband because <gasps> I am as a as a family law attorney a little too familiar with how those <laughs> things work. But I would you're right. We will always be my son's parents no matter what would ever happen yeah. in the long run. So that is the safe play because then you just all have one collectively as a family. But the focus is on something you will always be focused on, no matter where life takes you in your relationship. So I do like this, That's but a so move here. Zen. That's so You know, yeah. Pete Davidson should have taken our advice when <laughs> with Kim Kardashian because he just went just uh, uh, something I can't say on the right. He just went extreme <laughs> with three tattoos to her out of the gate. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Amber Wilson and Randy Scott hanging out with you here on Canty and Carlin, filling in for the guys. You can follow both of us on Twitter at Randy Scott ESPN. That's him at Amber W Sports. That's me. So Chris Canty said something that got me all fired up because Canty often, if you're familiar with his work, Randy, he often says things that get me all fired up. And this one was taking aim at my Miami Dolphins. So Chris Canty, of course, he typically co-hosts this show, Canty and Carlin. He was on first take yesterday, and this is what he said about the quarterback of my Miami Dolphins. Hell no. He's not going to be the Dolphins' <laughs> long-term starter. And, and guys, this is why we started with you. If you got to keep asking the question, if you got to keep asking the question, eventually you're going to land on the answer being no. If I yep. thought Tua had the potential to develop into a top 10 to 12 quarterback in the NFL, then I would say, yeah, the Dolphins are going to continue to ride with him. <laughs> so that will bring in a little segment, inspire us here on Canty and Carlin, the voice of Chris Canty often inspires us and it has inspired us. 
for a segment that we like to call buy or sell. And so we will be going through several teams around the NFL. We bring in Evan Wilner, our producer, to help us out. What's up, Evan? Yeah, buy or sell. These teams have the long-term answer at quarterback on the roster. Not necessarily the starter, but on the roster. Let's start with the Dolphins. Buy or sell, Amber? I don't want to buy or sell. I don't want to do either one. I want to revisit this segment, which I'm sure we will because that's how sports radio works. I want to revisit this segment after the season because I am not in on Tua. I am not a proud member of Tua Non, but I'm also not out on Tua either. I don't know how you could be. He has had so much that he has already had to deal with in his early career here with the Miami Dolphins. Ryan Fitzpatrick breathing over his shoulder, getting benched for him during the season. The Deshaun Watson stuff that happened with Miami. It was very obvious their pursuit of Watson at one point. Apparently Tom Brady and their pursuit of Brady was a very real thing. And through all of that, Tua was dealing with an atrocious offensive line and now a major change in terms of the coaching staff He's got this season. If he doesn't do it this season, the Dolphins are going to use now only their one first rounder in 2023 to try to, I guess, address address that quarterback position. It looked a lot easier to address when they had two of those, Randy. And so they better hope to as their guy. I say sell. I say no. I say it's not two a long term. And I actually think two is going to have a decent year. I think he's going to have a, a, a decent year. But Mike McDaniel is going to look at this thing. The brain trust in South Florida is going to look at it and say, we could have done that much if we'd had someone a little bit more consistent, someone a little bit better over the middle, a little bit better in in coverage, whatever. I, I think Tua is going to have a decent statistical season, and it's going to be one of these where they make a change, and Tua Nottin is still going to point to the stats when the eyes and the tape doesn't lie and say we could have been that much better. So I'm going to say sell. How about the Steelers? They drafted Kenny Pickett, they have Mitch Trubisky, they have Mason Rudolph. Uh, buy or sell, the Steelers have their long-term answer at quarterback on the roster, Randy. Sell. It's not Mitchell Trubisky. If, if Mitch Trubisky is the answer, you need to rethink the question. Mason Rudolph is who we thought he was. We had Jeremy Fowler on SportsCenter AM this morning, and he said Mason Rudolph is having the – and he said it with a with a with with an audio eye roll and a literal eye roll. But he said, he said that Mason Rudolph, the word out of Steelers camp is Mason Rudolph is having the best camp that he's ever had as a professional quarterback. Take that for what it is. And I don't believe that Kenny Pickett is, I think this was a weak quarterback draft class. He was not uh, a a blue chip NFL prospect by any means. I think the Steelers are in the market for a quarterback in 2023 already. So no, I say sell. I'm going to also sell on this and sell hard. I don't I really know what to make of the future of Kenny Pickett, frankly, but I'm kind of with Randy. It seemed like a weak class. We know Mason Rudolph. We know what he looked like even coming in for Big Ben when he was injured. It wasn't pretty, and it ain't going to be pretty moving forward. And Mitchell Trubisky, I mean, just because he held a clipboard for Josh Allen doesn't mean that he has done something remarkable here to revitalize his career. I saw enough of it in Chicago. I'm done with it. They're going to need to find a quarterback moving forward. How about the Jets? That's my team. We get to see Zach Wilson, Garrett Wilson, Wilson Wilson tonight, everybody. Wilson Phillips. (laughs) <laughs> the Jets, do they have their long-term answer at quarterback on the roster, Amber? I'll buy this because I'm Team Wilson. As a Wilson myself, uh, really that's the only reason other than no, Zach Wilson no. looks like he could be maturing and coming into his own. He certainly did show us at times that he has the physical accolades. He does need to uh, improve in certain areas uh, tremendously. I think that the Jets did improve as a team this offseason season. 
Also, Zach Wilson had an interesting offseason for a variety of reasons. Uh, we'll see what it looks like moving forward. But his last name is Wilson, and us Wilson stick together, Randy. We need to come in with Fountains of Wayne for the next rejoin. Just something, you know, somebody's mom's got it going on. I No, this is a sell. This is a sell, and it's not a slide against the name. It's a sell just like we saw it. We, <laughs> We saw it last year. I was concerned in the quarterback workouts when there was a zero defense quarterback rollout where Wilson got to plant and throw the ball about 50 yards in the air, and Jets fans were like, we got him. The search is over. Mission accomplished. We found him. It's like, that's just arm candy. That's Jamarcus Russell who went to BYU. That's all it was. It was just a massive arm. It's just not there against an actual living, breathing defense. Not his own defense at training camp. Not opposing defenses in the AFC East or beyond. It's not Zach Wilson. The offensive weaponry, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, it's there. The quarterback's not. I'm selling. How about the Eagles? That's who the Jets play tonight. Jalen Hurts. The Eagles, do they have their long-term answer at quarterback on the roster? Buy or sell, Randy? Buy. It is Jalen Hurts. They wouldn't have made the $100 million investment into A.J. Brown if it wasn't a quarterback in play. You wouldn't sacrifice that year of that contract with A.J. Brown and that literal investment if you didn't feel like Jalen Hurts is your guy. I think with uh, I, <laughs> I think with that four-headed monster uh, ground game, I think with an improved offensive line, I think the Eagles, A, win the division this year. They don't hopefully have to play a road playoff game against Tom Brady in Tampa. I think Jalen Hurts is the guy. I'm buying I'm going to buy in in on this as well. I've always been a big fan of Jalen Hurts since he came out of college, but also it's that O-line that Randy mentioned. They are solid at all five spots on that line. They have the best maybe and deepest line in the entire NFL. That should help things out. His decision-making at times has been questionable with Jalen Hurts, but that's something that I think he can improve upon this season, and he's got the weapons. Coming up next, there's going to be plenty more. We will also get back into the Deshaun Watson situation with the Cleveland Browns.